I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew Price. Welcome to Deep Cuts, the podcast where we pick a topic and walk you through the ins, the outs, and the nitty gritty, so you can appear like an interesting and idiosyncratic person at your next forced social function. Today's topic is... How many QAnon believers think that a random guy named Vincent Fusca is JFK Jr.? Vincent Fusca is a middle-aged man with an unruly facial hair situation and a seemingly always greasy 1980s mullet. He wears glasses and generally seems like the kind of guy who always says, brother, too much. But some people, specifically on the internet, think he's fucking John F. Kennedy Jr. We're here. We're really fucking here. The man known as Vincent Fusca is a fairly private and tight-lipped individual. But then again, you probably would be too, if every piece of personal information you put online or uttered definitively proved that you're not who people want you to be. Yeah, whenever whenever we talked with Will Sommer, he, he talked about how he would be at the QAnon rallies covering them, and Vincent would be there, and he would always talk to him and he would in you know it was it was like almost like that i'm assuming that the the because all these journalists and content creators whether they are pro q or sort of q skeptical or anti q because they they all go to these rallies because the people are there supporting q and then there's the journalists and things like that i'm assuming that they almost build this weird almost like comic book convention-esque rapport where it's just like oh hey vince or whatever so he mentioned how he would just see Vincent at these rallies and be like, hey, and then you would always be like, you know, I want to I, I want to interview you like I still, you know, he would bring it up and every time and be like, you know, we still got to do that interview. And Vincent would just be like, yep, yep, we'll 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 talk about that later. And uh, it was very clear that, you know, obviously he never wanted to do the interview because every word that he uttered publicly would be a step closer to un uh, to ripping the curtain back and revealing like there's nothing he could say that would be that would be beneficial to him in his clear uh desire to want to let people believe that he is JFK Jr because he likes the attention so there's there's literally no incentive for him to ever do an interview where every single word he says is just step closer and closer to making people understand and realize that he is not JFK Jr. He's just some random guy. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of something I wanted to talk to with you about is like this idea of like passive celebrity where the internet or the the kind of viral mob sensation keeps something on you and then you're burdened with it and you either choose to ignore that moving forward for the rest of your life, you know, because there's a lot of people like the, oh my God, girl you know from the meme or uh the the this guy from the meme doing the little like hand rubbing together and the yellow shirt leaning out from behind the tree or like there's all these people that are you, if you saw them in the real world you're you'd be like oh my god it's you or like when vine was really big when there was that you know um some some fries motherfucker surprise motherfucker these these thighs motherfucker whatever that guy was from that from that meme like that guy was huge like millions and millions of people knew who that guy was for like two years. 
And probably he still gets recognized from that. But he's not famous in the same way. It's this sort of passive celebrity where it's it's not something that you really even chose or pursued. It's something that kind of society at large just heaps on you. And then you as the individual have to figure out how to live with that in an, in a some sort of equilibrium, some sort of balance. But he is this weird way where normally it's kind of like punching down where we're all kind of laughing at the Omagerd girl or we're all laughing at Star Wars kid. But this is like one of very few examples I can think of like positive or punching up passive celebrity. Like it's very rare that it's the dynamic of a charlatan grifter who or a cult leader or, or a snake oil salesman who goes out and tells people that they are something and then they grow followers that believe them. It's that dynamic. It's like it's a it's a hybrid of that and becoming a meme because he became a meme. He had literally nothing to do with it. He just he went to every Trump rally for like the entire fucking four years that he was president and he became a meme in that they created this conspiracy theory about him. But the meme or the conspiracy theory about him that was hoisted upon him that he did not come up with, he did not make up, he did not choose, he had no idea it happened until he found out sort of secondhand. But the 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 conspiracy theory or the meme about him is that he is like a a savior or like he he's like a a cult leader or whatever. Like he's not it's not that he's a cult leader, but it's like the equivalent of that. Like people want to follow him. People think that he's some kind of secret hero. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very, it's a very weird folkloric kind of internet urban legend thing, but like four generations into the internet. So the kind of fun or innocent or banality that early internet legends had is completely removed and replaced with this cynical grift that you're talking about. Yeah. It's like, he's, he's like Forrest Gump. Like he just started running and everyone just like, it's like, but it's Forrest Gump, but filtered through like a biblical doomsday prophecy <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you know uh 666 forrest gump which sounds kind of awesome to me but it, this is not awesome it's just soft. 666 forrest gump <laughs> the king diamond's life, other mama always said life was like a box of human entrails yeah 666 forrest gump is on the same uh king diamond album as uh uh blood libel yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean this is a bit this is this is a bigger discussion of just that'll you know will we'll be touched upon in the mainline QAnon episodes but like these all of these things started off as these weird like trolls and like satire movements and people being disingenuous on the internet and like clearly when these things jumped over into the mainstream and were stripped of their context and people started believing them earnestly like it makes a lot of sense with the child trafficking stuff and the save the children stuff like for you to create these science fiction LARP storylines about things, but they involve these things that are very emotionally triggering and that those things would jump over and then a bunch of like concerned, oblivious uh, middle aged people would be like, what? And get really into it. I, I cannot I will never in my life understand like I get the thing, I get the people who believe these things sort of like met in a meta way where they don't really believe them. It's just fun to like 
have it be a part of it. Like they believe in Vincent Fusca being JFK Jr. because it's just fun to believe it all. Like it's just all it's all like a game to them. It's like it's like a fun community and a fun identity to be involved in. But I will go to my grave still trying to unpack in my mind how someone could actually genuinely believe this. So we're going to read an article written by Justin Viejo and Phil Thomas, which is going to kind of chronicle um, some of this uh, Vincent Fusca stuff. This week marks 22 years since John Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr.'s plane was pulled out of the Atlantic Ocean. The anniversary of the crash that killed him, his wife Carolyn and his sister-in-law Lauren Bessett, is a somber milestone for the Kennedy family. For some QAnon true believers, however, the son of the 35th president of the United States not only survived the tragedy, but is poised to make a dramatic return to public life. A bizarre theory has emerged suggesting that the accident was just a ruse to fake his death and that he will reemerge, perhaps as early as next month, to join a reinstated President Donald Trump as his VP. A viral video has even shown a middle-aged man that some QAnon devotees claim is JFK Jr. himself. The theory is strange, even by the standards of QAnon, which claims Democrats and Hollywood celebrities are involved in a secret cannibalistic cult which Donald Trump is secretly battling, a theory expounded in cryptic internet messages by a mysterious prophet-like figure known as Q. And while only a fraction appear to believe the JFK Jr. angle, experts say it is still damaging to their relationships and their grasp on reality. Will Sommer, author of the upcoming book Trust the Plan, The Rise of QAnon and the Conspiracy Theory that Reshaped America, and a longtime observer of the conspiracy theory, estimates that about 20% of Q followers believe in JFK Jr.'s reemergence, but that those who do 100% believe it. QAnon itself is obviously pretty dangerous. It's hard to say whether the people who believe the JFK conspiracy are more dangerous than the other QAnon people who don't, but, you know. He told The Independent. Part of the problem, just like any QAnon belief, is that it's so bizarre, it alienates people from their friends and family. But how did John John, poignantly pictured saluting his assassinated father's coffin at the age of three, come to be drawn into such an outlandish fantasy? The story goes that after faking his death, Kennedy returned two decades later to help Mr. Trump drain the swamp. First, he supposedly appeared as Q himself, or close to Q, with the Q drops of cryptic information. Then, he was to have revealed himself in 2019 to replace Mike Pence on the president's 2020 re-election ticket, or maybe the 2021 reinstatement, quote-unquote, supposedly scheduled for the 13th of August, although there is no mechanism for reinstating a former president, and also way past the 13th of August, guys. Or maybe the 2024 campaign. The timeline has kept shifting with each passing milestone. In the meantime, the lore goes, Kennedy has been in hiding, disguised as a middle-aged, fedora-wearing financial services manager from Pittsburgh named Vincent Fusca. JFK Jr. began trending on Twitter after the comedy duo The Good Liar spotted Mr. Fusca at the CPAC Conservative Conference in July in a video that went viral with 14,000 likes and 2,000 retweets. Are you JFK Jr.? Yes or no? How did you survive the plane crash? Or was it faked? Wink twice if you're JFK Jr. The parrot asked him. Their target, apparently no longer six foot one inches tall and wearing a pro-Trump shirt saying, We want you back, sir. We miss you, Mr. President. Responded, I don't know who you are, man. Oh, he's filming. We gotta get going. Mr. Fusca did not immediately respond to the Independent's request for an interview, but it's unclear which is the real Vincent Fusca as several Twitter accounts invoke the name of the man some believe to be reincarnated JFK Jr. Uh, this is his real Twitter account, uh, which is, um, Vincent underscore Fusca. Um, but he hasn't tweeted anything, anything since December 11th, 
2020. It has 160,000 followers. Um, you crushed, man. Yeah. It's funny, too, because he, like, retweets a bunch of stuff from other Vincent Fusca accounts. So weird. Fucking retweeting Lynn Wood. Jesus. Yeah. Nothing all that crazy to write home about, but, you know, that's the guy. One Twitter account, at Vincent underscore Fusca, with 134,000 followers, tweeted in the early hours of the 7th of January, the day after a pro-Trump mob stormed the Capitol to try to prevent Joe Biden's victory being certified, a mysterious poem featuring lines like, Surrounded by truth, you see them attack. Do they eternally want freedom intact? Soon you'll be shown the republic where we emancipate at. That is I, so cringy. I gotta say, like, but it's cringy, but also it it's just it resonates in a whole different way because i'm i'm sure this will come up in the mainline episodes but qanon people there there are there are two truths about qanon people well there's three there's three truths about qanon people the first truth is for some reason in their head like they haven't progressed past that mental state that you're in in high school where you think that like the most profound way of expressing yourself is by writing poetry and they, and so they think like in their work in their mind that is like the most profound deep way to express yourself is by writing poetry about things the second truth is that they constantly in lieu of just saying things they just write these poems and they post them like vaguely they'll just like throw a poem out and the third truth is they are awful. They it's the worst attempt at poetry I've ever heard and it's all exactly like this. Every single QAnon poem I've ever read and I have done I have gone deep. I have been researching this for literal I don't even know. Could it, it, it I've read books, hundreds of podcast episodes, deep research, reading papers all like months it, it could be five months at this point i don't even know i mean i've been researching this stuff for years i've been following QAnon since 2017 but researching specifically for this episode five months maybe i don't i wasn't keeping a track so i've heard a lot of this poetry and it's all the same it's that same rhyme scheme it's the like limerick rhyme screen rhyme scheme of like da 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 a da 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 b Da 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 C da 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 D. Every single one of them has that exact same rhyme scheme, and they are all this terrible. Another account at Vincent underscore underscore Fusca describes himself as a loving husband, father, patriot, and Trump supporter with an undying love for the U.S., which I think that is the real one. Yet another is called Vincent Fusca has officially returned. He hasn't fully tweeted since Joe Biden won the election in November, but preaches his own resurrection. Vincent Fusca has officially returned. My return is slated for 7-4-20. The date has moved up. Vincent Fusca is back. JFK Jr. is risen. The theory appears to have emerged from an April 2018 Q drop resurfacing a pre-Q era theory in which JFK Jr.'s 1999 plane crash was orchestrated by the Clintons, supposedly to prevent him from running for the New York Senate seat later won by Hillary Clinton. Fact checkers from Snopes had tackled this old strain of the conspiracy when it spread during the 2016 election, pointing to a New York Daily News article in an effort to debunk it. The one thing I will, will agree with the QAnon people on is that Snopes is a little bit compromised they've had some shady things going on and behind the scenes for a couple of years now so i've sort of become a, a convert to not using snopes as a is an accurate 
source of information. Daily News journalist Joe Siegel wrote four days after Kennedy's death that two friends confirmed the best kept secrets in politics that he had been seeking the seat. The idea became moot once First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton signaled her interest in running, but the two friends said they expected the son of the slain president eventually would have jumped into politics as a candidate. The story said. The second friend called Kennedy's interest pretty serious, adding, I think he was intrigued by the idea. Would he have decided in the end to go for it? I don't know, but he was clearly thinking about it. He talked to a few people about it. Then the Hillary thing ended it pretty quickly. Writing for the Daily Beast, Mr. Sommer has been following the evolution of that pre-Q conspiracy into a Q conspiracy since it emerged on 4 and 8chan message boards around October 2017. The summer of that year, a new poster going simply by R, later dubbed Rannon, connected the existing conspiracy that Kennedy faked his death by saying he did it to become Q so that he could help his friend Donald Trump become president. The supposed evidence, Mr. Trump met Russian President Vladimir Putin in Helsinki on July 16th, the 19th anniversary of Kennedy's fatal plane crash. Mr. Sommer says that for many QAnon believers, this theory is a step too far. There's this funny dynamic in QAnon, both with JFK Jr. and other stuff, where they say, oh, I believe the world elites drink children's blood and all this kind of stuff, but whoa, JFK Jr.? That's the crazy one. I think it's just so farcical on the face of it that they're just kind of embarrassed by it. If someone comes out and says, I think the world elite abuse their power to abuse children, that doesn't sound crazy. If someone were to come out and say, I think JFK Jr. is still alive, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. Rolling Stone writer E.J. Dixon continued pulling the thread and found the idea gained popularity after George W. Bush campaign staffer turned investigative journalist Liz Crokin, formerly of the Chicago Tribune and National Enquirer, began tweeting and talking about the theory in 2018. Right after I shared this on Twitter, there was a hit piece written about me, and I'm thinking, that's really crazy. This is so bizarre. I just tweeted a theory that wasn't even my own and said this is interesting, and the next thing, there's a hit piece about me calling me names, so that made me think, there's something to this. She said in a YouTube interview and gave me a massive headache. Ugh, it's, it hurts. It hurts. The way that Q talks about JFK Sr. in their posts is with such love and passion. It makes me think that it's someone close to him. To me, if JFK Jr. faked his death and was alive, it would make sense that he was Q. All of these, all of these Trump supporters talk about Donald Trump as if he is like the fucking messiah they say they love him they like pray to him like so are they all related to donald trump like is is the way that people talk about donald trump on the internet mean that they are secretly his sons you're all donald trump's sons because of the way that you talk about him on the internet more evidence came in the form of an unverified quote from kennedy published in his george magazine from one month before his death he said if my dear friend Donald Trump ever decided to sacrifice his fabulous billionaire lifestyle to become president, he would be an unstoppable force for ultimate justice that Democrats and Republicans alike would celebrate. The two are friends, and the photo of them together used in the post was real. From a New York Knicks game in March of 1999, three months before the June 1999 issue that the quote claimed to be from. The closest quote fact checkers from the Poynter Institute's PolitiFact found was from a story in the New York Post in November of 2016 from Michael Berman co-founder of George Magazine, when Mr. Trump and Kennedy schmoozed at Mar-a-Lago. As frequently happened to Kennedy at his events, talk soon turned to whether he could envision himself running for president. Trying to deflect the presidential chatter, Kennedy noted that the Trump estate was far more glamorous than the Kennedy family compound a few miles away. 
I think you should be asking those questions of Donald, Kennedy said, according to Berman. He'd clearly have the most extravagant winter White House. Kennedy crashed the Piper Saratoga plane he was flying with his wife and sister-in-law as passengers into the Atlantic near Martha's Vineyard on the 16th of July, 1999. Their bodies were found five days later. The, le the latest tragedy to befall a family apparently haunted by misfortune made headlines around the world. For his supposed return at the 4th of July rally in 2019, some supporters carried JFK Jr. face masks. Others carried Trump JFK Jr. 2020 flags or wore his likeness on their shirts, shouting, He's alive! Mr. Sommer says supporters cheer and interact with Mr. Fusca when they see him and ask him if he really is JFK Jr. His whole deal is that he's very cryptic about it. He obviously knows what's going on, but he doesn't want to comment on it. Mr. Sommer says, He talks about Q and stuff like that, but when I'm like, I want to talk to you about how people think you're John F. Kennedy Jr. He doesn't do that. Spotting Mr. Fusca in the background of MAGA rallies and GOP events has become a very popular sport for some QAnon believers. He was seen at Mr. Trump's Ohio rally on the 26th of June this year, according to Patriot Takes. Before that, he was seen at CPAC in July. He was also seen at CPAC two years ago in this Reddit post. JFK Jr. spotted at CPAC. Hillary's arrest must be imminent. At February CPAC, he could be seen behind former Housing Secretary Ben Carson, giving a double thumbs up as if to say, Trust the plan. We're all gonna fucking drift into the sun. We all are fucked. We're all gonna die. This is our world now. Nothing is real. Just jump off the edge of the earth. <laughs> also, uh, Dave is Dom DeLuise. <laughs> Can you imagine Dom DeLuise trying to squeeze inside of my skin? <laughs> trying to wear me like a fucking flesh suit? Disgusting. That's some Cronenberg shit not, right there. Not only can I imagine it, but... <laughs> right. Keeping it alive in my spank bank. Yeah, yeah. You've got uh, you've got a whole Pornhub category dedicated to it. And when we come back from the break, we're going to take a look at another QAnon side story. The strange tale of Dr. Matthew Johnson and Zorth, the psychic QAnon Bigfoot. On today's mini episode, we're going to chronicle how Dr. Matthew A. Johnson is an odd bird. He seems like the type of person who lies about inconsequential things. And then, when you question him about it, he just smiles and says, I don't know, I thought I'd get away with it. Johnson is the man behind the tiny corner of the internet that's obsessed with Bigfoot called Squatchin' USA. He's written books about Bigfoot, claims to have seen them repeatedly in person and even claims that they visit him in his dreams, psychically. But that's not the weirdest thing about Dr. Matthew Johnson. The weirdest thing he's ever done is pivot his whole Sasquatch grift into backing Donald Trump and trying to siphon off QAnon believers into his weirdo side cult having to do with the missing link. What a fucking time to be alive. Act one, a doctor and his delusions. Dr. Matthew A. Johnson, not to be confused with the other Matthew Johnsons out there, 
The Jansai, if you will, is a small potatoes conspiracy theory influencer on weird, dark, seedy corners of the internet. He's got about 6,000 followers on his YouTube account and about 13,000 followers in a Facebook group. He's not particularly charismatic, doesn't have a very strong story sense, or any innate comedic timing. And he generally appears just to be attempting to pry hard-earned dollars from true believers who wander into his shallow end of the kiddie pool. Most of his videos involve awkwardly describing interactions he swears are true with big feats, or weirdly horrible comedic routines with a make-believed hillbilly sidekick which he has christened Bubba. I'm not even not even joking about that. Wait a minute. Wait the fuck. Wait a second. So he's a shitty content creator who has very few followers on social media. He has bad comedic timing and he tries to convince everybody that his weird furry friend is real. <laughs> this is this is just our show. Except for <laughs> except for he's actually making money. Like you're <laughs> You're sitting here shitting on this guy and he's like a level up from us because he's actually making money from this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, let me get a little bit further into his biography and stuff before we just kind of shoot the shit about him a little bit. Um, and just for the record, so today's episode is going to be a bonus episode that we're going to put out in between our mainline QAnon coverage episodes. So this episode is probably not going to be all that long, and it's just kind of going to be Andrew and I riffing on this bizarre, weird corner of QAnon that isn't quite substantial enough to deserve to be incorporated into the main coverage. Do you think they're going to say no? We hit him with the BE, the bonus episode, an additional episode in a week. You think they're going to say no? <laughs> you think they're going to be like, oh, it's only 30 minutes. Fuck this. <laughs> So Matthew Johnson's primary identity online is that he's an expert in Bigfoot. This is where it kind of all starts for him. He develops his original cult of persona around this idea that he's an expert on Bigfoot. He wrote a book a few years ago titled Bigfoot, A 50-Year Journey Come Full Circle. Um, the, solicitation for the, te for this, uh, the solicitation text for this book reads... In July 2000, Dr. Johnson and his family encountered a Bigfoot on the mountain above. <laughs> There's just something so funny to me about a Bigfoot. Like, like that's that's like a that's like a Dracula to me. Like, is that is that how they refer to them? Do they call them like in the like it's a Bigfoot? It's a Bigfoot. Yeah. Mm hmm. Dr. Johnson and his family encountered a Bigfoot on the mountain above the Oregon Caves National Park. Since then, he spent 16 years pursuing the Bigfoot forest people with persistence and relentless commitment. He transitioned from an aggressive old school paparazzi money shot researcher to a habituator and on to an interactionist. <laughs> an interactionist. Like, <laughs> what is a habituator? A habituator is like, you know, we've been dating for a year now. We're trying to spice up our love life. And I'm, I just really want to try this. What is it, honey? I'm not going to judge you. I want to try the habituator. Oh, my God. Get the fuck away from me, you freak. That's so degrading. He's try He's he's he wants to take it to the next level with the big feats. He he's he wants to he wants to habituate the relationship. But unfortunately, I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to get put in the friend zone 
by Bigfoot. So here's the we're now looking at the uh, the cover art for Dr. Matthew Johnson's Bigfoot, a 50 year mission come or a 50 year journey come full circle. What What is what is the cover art? <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, my God, it's got a Ford by Bob Gimlin. Yep, that's, that's what that's the next thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Uh, so this cover was, you know, it was auto generated in uh book cover maker uh X for you know on on the on the uh, iPhone app store and uh you know so it's got all this it's got like a you know it's got like a fairly straightforward font for Bigfoot at the top in big letters but then a 50 year journey journey come full circle it's written in a completely tonally wrong font that does not fit the vibe of Bigfoot at all. And also it's really hard to read. So it's like, it's like this, it's sort of this script font. that's kind of in a, it's just, it just doesn't fit the vibe of Bigfoot. It's like a cursive, like Bigfoot. So the, the, the cover image is a, you're looking at a night sky and there's a silhouette of a mountain that is a centered composition on the, in the middle of the book. And the, the silhouette of the mountain is as it kind of goes down is turning into a Bigfoot's face, almost kind of like a uh, fucking Mount Rushmore or something where it's like the, the Bigfoot's face is carved out of the forest. You know, it's this kind of metaphor, right? Of uh, the forest people in large block font font um, over the night sky. It says Bigfoot. And then in blue, this a very similar shade of blue to the night sky in a, cursive handwriting font it says a 50 year mission uh, 50 year journey come full circle below the bigfoot's head forward by bob gimlin who we all know is the the man who had the uh gimlin patterson tape prank played on him uh he's the one that andrew and i believe to be the man that was kind of the the patsy in it in that he was not told that this was thing was going to happen and it was uh patterson used Bob Gimlin as almost kind of like this control where they went out there riding around on horses looking for Bigfoot. Oh my God, it's a Bigfoot. What is that? Bob Gimlin, look over there. Bob, my friend Bob, who doesn't know that I've arranged this guy in a Bigfoot costume to run around the woods and that we would find him. Look right there, Bob. And Bob Gimlin, for better or for worse, bought it hook, hook line and sinker and it kind of fucked up his whole life. You got auto hoaxed. Yes. And we did a whole episode on it. So if you're interested in that, Go back into the feed and find the um, Patterson fucking the died, took the took the secret to his grave. And then Bob Gimlin is just out here. He's just he's wandering the lonely creek trying to find civilization lost in a lost in the, in the malaise of a conspiracy theory that he never asked to be a part of. Yes. And so Bob Gimlin has written the forward for Bigfoot, a 50 year mission or a 50 year journey. Come full circle. Why do I keep saying a 50 year mission? Be- Jesus. Because you can't read it. Because because that that font is impossible to read, so you're saying it. You're trying to say it from memory, and and you yeah. and you can't read it. Yeah, it's very true. Um, but yeah, there's we've talked about this before in like alien circles where there's this weird intersection of like computer art, lack of skill, and pure passion that just makes images that are very haunting in a way that they're kind of almost not intended to be. And this image of this Bigfoot is exactly that Venn diagram. 
Haunted it's really scary. The specter of this creepy Bigfoot. I am gonna have some nightmares about this for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's a uh, it's really creepy in a way that it is not intended to be. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, don't that, enjoy this, but I also fucking, love it. That that face peering at, at you out of that mountain, like there's, it's just, it's it's something something wrong about it. Yep, yeah, it really is. Um, let's briefly go to the Amazon page for uh, Bigfoot Fifty Year Journey Come Full Circle, and uh, and just kind of look at the reviews, look at the look at the look at look at look at what it's got listed. It was published January 1st, 2017, um, and it has one, the year one of five-star rating. 2017, one. the year of the Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how many pages is it? It's 400 pages? 443 pages. God, that's so many pages. Yes, that is so many pages. Like, whenever I read some bullshit little self-published book for research for this show or just you know out of curiosity like that shit better be like 130 pages mm-hmm. yeah um and that's all there is on the amazon page <laughs> there's not even one review it's just one five-star rating which you know was matthew johnson himself it's ranked um on the bestseller list it's ranked as one um one million nine hundred and forty eight thousand one hundred and fifty one Good for you, man. Good for you, Matthew Johnson. Yeah, they didn't even they gave they they gave they gave it a five star um, rating, but no actual review. The the guy from um, the guy that murdered aliens with a samurai sword. What the fuck was that guy's name? His ranch, Stardust Ranch. Stardust Ranch. That guy had like that guy's self published book had like hundreds of reviews on it. They're all like this book fucking sucks, but because they had Dave, hundreds of reviews. Dave, it's four hundred and fifty five pages. That's why. It's exactly what I just said. The fucking Stardust Ranch book is like 70 pages. Like you could pick that you could pick that shit up and read it in a in a in like an hour. This is 455 pages. That's way too many pages. Although I am slight I mean that really is a testament to how little anybody's willing to commit to that page length because I'm surprised that there aren't more people who would be willing to read this considering that it's got the Bob Gimlin forward. Yeah. That's like that's like Banksy putting up his quote on the side of your fake art show. Yeah, I really I wanted I want to just read what Bob Gimlin wrote as the forward. Like his forward is just like, "Dear Doctor Matthew Johnson, I will not be writing this forward. I am too busy in my crick. Please stop emailing me." He put the rejection letter as the forward, which is I would yeah. I would totally do that. That's one of, that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorite whitest kids you know sketches. That they they come out and they're like in front of a curtain and they're like, uh, tonight we have a special presentation. We are doing a sketch that was written to written for us by Monty Python's John Cleese. And then like the curtain opens and then it's like two people sitting at a restaurant and then they start talking. But the things that they're saying are just clearly a rejection letter from John Cleese. Surprisingly, Dr. Matthew Johnson got interviewed by Stephen Fry. How weird is that? I mean, that's like interviewing these like wacko, like conspiracy theorists is like the bread and butter of of these like sort of pithy insult 
comedians. So I'm 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 not particularly surprised. Like that that show that um whatever I what what the fuck is his name the Australian comedian. Yeah, he 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 has cued on people on his show all the time. Jim Jeffrey Jim Jeffries is that his name? Don't don't carries is that his name? Um, don't don't watchies was that his name? He had he had George Lazenby play his dad. That's why I hate him. That's why I hate him. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, fleas and ticks, welcome to a new YouTube video on Team Squatch in USA. It is Tuesday, May eighteenth. 2021 at 2:22 p.m. in the afternoon. I have a no-show, so I thought I'd take us all on a quick stroll down memory lane and watch a blast from the past. This is a video of an interview that Stephen Fry, the British actor and comedian, um, shot with me in Southern Oregon. Hold on for a second before we go on. Matthew Johnson looks like. <laughs> You don't even need to say anymore. It's just just the, the just entering the bit of Matthew Johnson looks like is hilarious to me. He he looks like he looks like Jeffrey Tambor got hit over the face with a with a hunting trip. Uh Dr. Matthew Johnson looks like the type of guy who's constantly trying to smell his upper lip. Dr. Matthew Johnson looks like he gets way too mad when you don't refill the ice cube tray. Dr. Matthew Johnson looks like the type of guy who says he doesn't believe in feminism. Not not that he's not a feminist, that he doesn't believe in the concept. He doesn't believe there is a concept of feminism. He doesn't believe that there's women. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I've never seen one. Bigfoot, though? I've seen them bitches. Dr. Matthew Johnson looks like he eats chapstick. Dr. Matthew Johnson looks like the type of guy who gets just a little too sexually aroused when using Q-tips in his ear canal. Dr. Matthew Johnson looks like he sleeps in a bed of Safeway pies. <laughs> Dr. Matthew Johnson is the type of guy that you are inevitably going to interact with in line at an Arby's. For sure. 100%. He's like a just a black hole of charisma. Southern Oregon habituation area, but actually during this time around 2008 or so, 13 years ago, it was a Southern Oregon research area. This was while I was still an old schooler. And so you're going to hear me talk like an old schooler. You're also going to see me looking a little less gray and a little younger and a little lighter. So kick on back and enjoy this couple minutes. On. He's just like, he's just like, he just he's vamping he's like filibustering his own video like he just has he just doesn't know what he's going he 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 never knows what the next word he's going to say is and then he's just like he's just like at the last second video. figuring out what it is as he's saying it, it, it oh dave dave it's him filming his computer of the video yep 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 it's yep. it doesn't cut to the video. It's him no. with his camera pointed at his computer playing the video. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's everything with this guy. It's like, what is the dumbest bullshit way that this could happen? That's how he does it. It's amazing. It's like he's making a bootleg video of his own video. 
the land of Oregon that a creature even more endangered than the spotted owl is reputed to live. Well, according to Matt Johnson. We want to prove the existence of the animal officially and therefore get it listed on the endangered species list and protect its habitat. Tell me how you know that he does exist. Well, my family and I, we went through the Oregon caves and then we decided to hike the Big Tree Loop Trail. So we were about a mile up the mountain around 5 p.m. or so. And um, we started um, smelling something. He speaks at the exact cadence of Stevie from fucking Malcolm in the Middle. Down wind, down the hill. And then we hear this noise as we walk. Um, Very deep bass, guttural mammal, and much louder and more bass than I can do right now, but it, it went, whoa, 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 whoa. And we're like, we stop, it stops. And we're looking at each other like, what is that? We walk again, it, whoa, whoa, whoa. We keep going. We eventually get to a point where um, Mother Nature is knocking on my door. So I have to, right. I, I have to <laughs> hike up the hill through the brush, probably about a good 60, 80 feet away from my family. And I'm behind some brush and trees doing my thing. Then all of a sudden, out of the left corner of my eye, I saw something move and I turned my head and I looked down and that's when I saw Bigfoot walk off the pages of myth and legend into reality. You know, I, I had some people afterwards say, well, why didn't you stop and take pictures? And it's like... <laughs> that entire video, that entire video, first of all, Matthew John, Dr. Matthew Johnson speaks like he at all times has just climbed three flights of stairs. And also, the look on Stephen Fry's face, that entire thing is like, I thought I was going to sit and listen to a crazy talk about some interesting stories and it would be a big laugh for everyone and we'd laugh at this goofy guy and his dumb stories and this is the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, he's just, like, dying. His eyes are dying as he's listening to this guy talk. Like, he's like, I thought this was going to be a fun, entertaining thing where I was going to talk to some kooky Bigfoot people and my soul is suffocating. Also, also, did he like almost start crying for a second? Yes, he absolutely did. In the middle of him telling a story about how he was shitting in the woods, he started weeping. <laughs> what? Just thinking about his family moved him to tears. Fucking Stephen Fry is just trying his best to be like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. He's like, he's like, you know that feeling when your like foot falls asleep? My head feels like that right now <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the we're, we're and the, the craziest thing about this is this is the beginning of this right so dr matthew johnson is a bigfoot person he has this either it's a some sort of kayfabe grift to try and make side money or just a kind of basically like the thing that the dude that had stardust ranch had where it's kind of just like a, he's an older guy and Maybe he feels underappreciated or overlooked by the world and he decides, oh, my identity is going to be this. I'm going to take on a persona of a Bigfoot hunter. But then it it starts to get weirder 
because he, Dr. Matthew Johnson doesn't just believe in Bigfoot. He has concocted a whole mythology for them that is not based on anything other than his specific version of the Bigfoot. So Dr. Matthew Johnson has coined the name the Janu, X-A-N-U-E. And the Janu is what he refers to Bigfoot as. He claims that they call themselves the Janu. How does he know this? Well, he claims that he has been visited psychically by a Bigfoot who goes by the name Zorth, Z-O-R-T-H. And Zorth is a member of the, the, the ruling council of the Janu, referred to as the Council of Twelve. And Zorth visits, he visits Matthew Johnson and tells him ways that, that Matthew Johnson can help Bigfoot, can spread Bigfoot awareness, can, can get information out about the world of Bigfoot and how to simultaneously keep it private from certain factors that would want to do Bigfoot harm, Bigfeet's harm, and how to increase its uh, popularity in places where people are friendly or positive towards Bigfoot. You think I'm going to say no? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so you think I'm going to say what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really, really strange. Um, and he has he's been doing this for a couple years and he has this whole elaborate tapestry of characters and events and sightings um, and most of which are fairly harmless and like just pretty transparently fake. Like they're pretty just who who in their right mind would believe that a Bigfoot would come and visit some guy psychically. <laughs> like that's not even part of Bigfoot mythology that they have psychic powers. Like it's one thing for alien UFO guys to be like, and then a UFO dissolved and then it phased into another dimension because that's like an accepted convention in that kind of end of the conspiracy theory pool but like bigfoot hunters and and mythologizers typically don't believe that bigfoot has any extra uh human ability it's just he's the missing link between simians and humanity and they're just like big primates ostensibly yeah how the fuck how the fuck did the, the psychic powers get evolutionized out of us right? that's, that's some bullshit that is some bullshit yeah. We had we had, the, we had we were fucking huge, covered in fur, super strong, psychic, and then Nine and then Mother feet Nature tall and super strong. We always get a woof 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 woof. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then Mother Nature is like, nah, they need to be like tiny, hairless, and just like not only do they not have psychic powers, they just don't know what the fuck is going on ever. Like yeah. they just they don't know what the fuck anything is. They don't even know how they don't even know how their own selves feel. Fuck this psychic shit. They can't even process their own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, let's take a look at this uh, testimonial that uh, Dr. Matthew Johnson has on his um, on his website. It's pretty hilarious to me. That's definitely not written by him. It's totally. This is a testimonial from Rick and Macy. Bigfoot number one. I was on patrol and working graveyard early morning hours with fucking uh, 0100-0400-ish military time. I responded with a couple other deputies to a sparsely populated area of Prospect, Oregon. 
I don't remember the specific service call, but I remember a male suspect had left the scene and was possibly armed. I had night vision and thermal imaging with me. While the deputies were working the case, I was on the perimeter looking for the suspect. I saw a hot spot on the thermal imaging camera and it looked like a human figure hiding behind a tree. The area was about 100 yards east from the suspect's house on the Rogue Riverside. Also, since I am familiar with that area, I knew there was a massive drop off to the river from there. I didn't want to light up the area with my flashlight until I got into a better position of cover. Once I did that, I got ready to light the person up. At this time, I heard on the radio from the deputies. They had the suspect in custody. What? Now I'm confused. Who the hell is this person hiding in the woods? I then watched the person walk away from me. The figure moved from south to north in a straight line and barely moved up and down as a normal person would do while walking. The person was also silent. I didn't hear any noise from the ground. I watched until the figure disappeared further into the woods. I lit up the area with my flashlight and couldn't find anyone. I went back and forth between thermal, night vision, and a flashlight to try and find this person again, but I never did. I then walked to the area where I first saw the person. There. I think there's oh, more. There's more. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it just ends with there. The fuck? Um, this is like the weirdest layout for a website. It's because Dr. Matthew Johnson made it himself. Dear God, this is so fucking long. <laughs> oh my God, what the fuck? I didn't read all of this. I just saw that first thing. I didn't. Oh my God, we don't have to read all of this. Holy oh my, shit. This is so long. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll just read it because there's two accounts. Or no, there's more. There's. No, the others. I think there's two accounts. So this this Rick and Macy, they have this testimonial is for four total Bigfoot sightings. So we'll just read the first one. There were branches and sticks laying all around. Uh, lots of dead fall on the ground, preventing a normal walk. I had a hard time getting in there and I was making tons of loud noises doing it. The funny thing was that the person I saw moving about on a thermal imaging didn't make a sound and walked normal, uninhibited by obstacles. I didn't think anything more of it, nor did I tell anyone because I couldn't explain it. Nothing really made sense to me until years later. Uh, and then he continues to, we're, we're not going to read all there's, of these. There's four different Bigfoot accounts. Yeah. Um, I'm assume, I'm a, I, I can only assume that the other three Bigfoot accounts like give more context to this. Like he's th this person sees an, uh, another figure in the same area and then gets a better look at it. And it's a Bigfoot or whatever, because from this story right here, it's like you just saw a person in the woods. Like what? what? I'm going to give Rick and Macy the benefit of the doubt that the other three Bigfoot testimonials like make it more clear that it was Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the artwork on this site for a second? Look at those. Look at those paintings of those Bigfoot. Terrifying. That's terrifying. I hate it and I love it. They're just like glowy-eyed ape creatures. Done in that same weird Photoshop, hit-bashy digital painting style that's just terrifying to me. The Janu. The Janu, baby. Everybody, everybody, everybody listening, uh, go to https colon forward slash forward slash janu.com, x-a-n-u-e.com slash testimonials. And s submit a Bigfoot testimonial to Dr. Matthew Johnson. <laughs> Especially if it's just going out to lunch with Hillsmer and then thinking, oh, that wasn't a Bigfoot. That was just a Hillsmer. Submit, go to, go to janu.com uh, slash testimonials and then just submit a bunch of testimonials of encounters with Hillsmer. <laughs> um, and say something like, oh, I think that, this creature I saw was like closely related to the Janu or something. So, you know, Matthew Johnson start keeps running the the this Squatch in USA Facebook page and, and YouTube channel. And he's kind of 
trying to develop a little bit of a following for his specific brand of conspiracy theory stuff. And, uh, he, you know, his he's getting mixed results. Um, and then he starts incorporating other ideas in, like he posts a video claiming that the Bigfoot are sending these psychic orbs as symbols around his property, which are obviously just, it was hailing outside of his house and he took photos and the, the hail looked like little glowing orbs. And he's just like, Oh, I'm going to pretend like these are part of the kayfabe now. Um, and made a whole video about these orbs that he, he witnessed out in the woods or whatever. And like, it's, it's, you got to do anything to get to get to to piece that cannon together, man. Yeah, I mean that it's it, all of it is is that kind of stuff. Um, but basically, up until about like I think it's about mid twenty eighteen, it's all pretty benign, you know. Um, but eventually, looking for a way to market his Squatch in USA videos, Johnson decides to start a Facebook group, and that's where things go from harmlessly sad. To pathetically harmlessly super sad. So this is a song uh, that incorporates Dr. Matthew Johnson's supposed Bigfoot recordings. The Spirit of Sasquatch by Thomas Potter. We're watching a slideshow of really creepy drawings of Bigfoots. That song is just like a stock sound for like siren in the distance. It's not a Bigfoot. I think there's actual recording stuff at the very end. If you like skip to the end, it was maybe it was before that or if, I don't know. But I think there's like weird fumbling like, what's that over there noise? Nope. It's just the hiss of recording the silence of the forest. <laughs> that's, that's fucking garbage. Yeah, it's hot garbage. <laughs> before he knew it, Team Squatch in USA had grown to almost 10,000 people. And with Johnson's political inclinations and the fervent QAnon uprising that was happening at the time, he decided to pivot the group. He went from telling people about the fact that Zorth, the Janu, and the Council of Twelve were real, to telling people that they wanted Trump to be president. So, I found... I just, you know, I know that he says some weird things sometimes, but I just like that he tells it like it is, you know? So, uh, two, I think this is a perfect place to say two things. One, um, we have been talking about doing a Matthew Johnson slash Zorth episode for about a year and a half. I first was introduced to them, to, to Zorth and, and this whole Squatch in USA, USA thing through a friend of the show, T. Krulos, who um, is a big fan of weird conspiracy theory stuff. And he's the one who turned me on to Dr. Matthew Johnson. Model and- T. Old dirty tugboat. I don't know. That doesn't. That doesn't work. That that sounds um, like a like a sex thing. Green tea, Earl Grey tea, hot. I don't. I got nothing. I don't know. All all I know. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna definitely give you an, an old dirty tugboat for turning us on to this story for <laughs> sure. So you know, T. Krulos told me about this, and initially I was just like, that sounds really stupid. But I'll, I'll go check this out. I'll see what it is. God, what how what a fucking rude thing to say to him. No, I didn't mean no, he was I like, didn't mean that. He was I like, hey man. He was like, hey no, man, no, I have no, this, no, no. I have I this cool thing, and you were just like, that sounds fucking stupid, but all right, I guess I'll waste my time right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't mean it that him telling me the idea was stupid. I just meant like it sounded really uh frustrating because this is like, you know, peak of 
the the republic is crumbling and i the last thing i wanted was more trump stuff but t was completely right and it was it it was so bad on him on him t did it hurt your feelings whenever he talked to you like that oh my god i didn't mean that i didn't mean that i love t he's a super nice guy super nice guy been on the show multiple times love that dude um but so i i joined the squatch in usa facebook group just to like see what was going on in there and um dear god it was so weird the first the first video i watched was matthew johnson talking to camera so all of his videos are him in a car recording himself talking while driving to work in the morning which is that's that's called that's called a boomer vlog of course (laughs) right and so he was doing that he was doing that and talking about how zorth had visited him the night before and had told him um stuff about the election and what was going to happen in the election and how zorth was basically saying you know keep the faith trump is going to win stuff 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 i don't i don't remember what he had what the specifics were but and then the next video was him in the car talking to cameron he was talking about how he went up because it was trash day in his neighborhood he went up to the trash cans and fed the bigfoots with their trash like it was so weird and and i just Thanks for the garbage, MAGA 2024. It was it's amazing. And and so basically after the election, everything just spiraled out of control. And he was like openly saying, Zorth is visiting me. Zorth is saying, keep the faith. Zorth is saying that Trump will win. Just eat your popcorn. Just eat your pop. Like he was saying all these QAnon style stuff. Yeah, because because they as I'm, as I'm sure you we've covered at this point in your listening journey, that's. That's a big thing with QAnon is they talk about sitting back and eating popcorn because um, the whole tenet of QAnon is that everything is a plan. You just you just got to sit back and watch it happen like a movie. And it, you know, it 100 percent was dog whistle QAnon stuff, but filtered through the lens of filtered through the lens of this weird Janu Bigfoot shit. And I was just so mesmerized by it. I was watching, you know, every time he was uploading a video, I was watching it. Honestly, I'd, I'd be straight up more inclined to believe that Q was a Bigfoot than that he was a government high level insider. Um, so then, you know, January 6th happens and it spirals out of control. And then all of Matthew Johnson's QAnon associated content gets flagged and pulled. And he basically gets deplatformed. And in order to save his YouTube channel from being deleted, he wipes all of his Zorth and Trump era videos from the page and pivots it back to its original trajectory, which was just Bigfoot stuff, Bigfoot stuff, not political, Bigfoot stuff, Bigfoot stuff. You know what? I kind of feel like I'm, it's not that I don't support Trump, but I just kind of feel like I'm tired of the... I'm tired of the the division, you know. Maybe 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 I'm gonna put a maybe I'm gonna put a Biden Harris sign in in front of my uh, mud hut. Well, let's watch let's watch this video of this is him having finally. So he scrubs everything and then kind of goes dark for a period of time and doesn't post anything um, for an extended period of time. And then he makes this video as his big like return back to social media. Also, that's kind of that's kind of the unfortunate thing about. All of this, and I think that that's just going to be pretty much a pattern throughout all of these episodes, is uh, the sad thing is, is that 
none of this stuff exists anymore. These videos don't exist. It's all gone. And I'm not talking about just Zorth. I'm talking about all any QAnon stuff. Hello, YouTube fans. It is Dr. Matthew Johnson. It is Wednesday morning, May 27th. 2020, 8 a.m. in the morning. Doc, you know how long it's been since you shot a video for these people. Hi, Bubba. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really, oh, really good for him. It's been a long time. No, Dave, no. <laughs> I, I told you. I told I you, dude. I told this you. Is, this is the most painful thing I've ever seen. I told told you i can't oh my I, god i told you i'd rather watch that blackface chiquita banana commercial <laughs> i told you oh my god i fucking told you the title of this video is dr johnson and bubba resurface after a lengthy hiatus but it's like it's just him so it's like it's not like Oh, he has like a, like, you know, like Richard McCaslin. He had like the little alien guy who had the voice coming King out Orch. of him. It's just him. It's King backwards, whatever King backwards is. It's just him on camera doing the voice. So it's like, it's like he has a split personality. And there's not even editing where he's like, where they're like cutting back and forth. It's just a one take of him driving in his car going, hello, everybody. This is my hillbilly persona. I mean, you've just been acting like you fell off the planet, like it's flat and something like a cat pushed you over the edge. Oh, God! No! <laughs> it, became, uh. it, became, it, became, it became Jamaican at the end. <laughs> it's so fucking sad. Fuck you, dude. Stop doing it's this. So this is hard. so sad. Bubba, the earth's not flat. I'm fine. Nobody got pushed over the edge. And I've been a little busy. Why have you been doing that you've been so busy that you've been neglecting your responsibility for communicating with these people about Bigfoot Forest people? Oh, Dave. Dave. Bubba. Dave. Okay. Um, this is how this is how my son like plays like this is how my son okay. like sits there and like messes around and does voices and talks to himself this is so it's so sad it's so sad shipped out to us in about two days and then once we get it we'll be shipping it out to everybody who pre-ordered the book by about mid-june well doggone it's about doggone time you got that book written Bubba, I just wrote the other one three years ago, and you know, some things had to happen before I put out another book. Well, I, I just can't wait for people to get their hands on that book, because I think they're going to learn a lot. Well, thank you, Bubba. That's very nice. Even though you wrote it, you just had to say that, didn't you, Bubba? Hey, Doc, you know, we're buds. We're buds. Yeah, yeah, we're buds. I got your back. You have my back? Yeah. Anyway, Doc, quit whining. I have your back, and I think it's going to be a good book, even though you wrote it. And I think people are going to learn a lot about the Bigfoot Forest people, or what you call them, the Jean-Nu. The Jean-Nu. 
Are you mocking Zorth and the Council of Twelve? That's what they refer to themselves as. Whatever, Doc. Anyway, um, I'm glad you got the book out. Glad people gonna be getting it about mid-June. And overseas people have it by July 4th, the American holiday where we kick the British butt. Yeah, be nice to the Brits, okay? I have lots of friends who are Brits. Well, you know, Doc, you can't help but pour the salt in the wounds about how we earned our independence from the tyrannical British government taxes without representation. <laughs> oh God! I feel like he's. I feel like I've been hypnotized by the Bubba impression because it's starting to sound like Bill Cosby to me. <laughs> And then we go and we read the book and we got to put the salt in the wound and the British because we kick their butts in the war. Bro, this video is 12 <laughs> minutes long. Of him talking to himself. It's tw And the craziest thing is it's 12 minutes long and he used to do this like two times a week where it would just be him in a car being like, well, Doc, I don't know. I don't believe you saw any Bigfoots. Well, now, Bubba, last night, Zorth came and visited me in my dreams. And he said that Trump was going to win. And we just needed to keep the faith. Like, it, it's there. It's a it's a crime that these things were deleted from the Internet. Well, because it makes him know. seem more sane. I don't know there, Matthew. Nate Silver is saying it's a lock for Biden. Well, you know, the, the it seems like the Gallup polls and some of these uh, pollsters, they're, they're, they're less and less likely to, you know, be able to predict the outcome of elections anymore. It seems like it seems like poll prediction is just, you know, becoming a, sort of almost an obsolete um, science. And it's just not really the advent of social media has just really kind of blown up the models. I don't know. Nate Silver is tweeting a lot. I, I, I'm going I'm to have to be honest, though. Funnier than Jeff Dunham. <laughs> very true. Very true. Very, very true. Funnier than Jeff Dunham. Um, so this is his, you know, we don't need to watch the rest of this. It's it's just this where he's talking about promoting his new book. He's coming back bigger than ever. Noticeably not talking about Trump. He's not talking about QAnon. He's not talking about any veiled associations to alt-right movements, even though this guy did that. But He's purposefully not doing that because he almost got the channel deleted last time. Um, and uh, fascinating, fascinating. And I really wish that we had recordings of his other videos because they are so surreal. Um, but I feel like this is a perfect time to say that against your wishes or better judgment, I should say against you. I was literally just going to say, do we want to talk about this? Yeah, I'm. yeah, we do. We do. So against your better judgment, <laughs> when I started writing this episode, I was like, it would be really funny to reach out to him because he's not going to come on the show. So like, fuck it. Let's just reach out to him and get the rejection so we can read the rejection live on air or whatever. And I was like, and I was like, Dave, he is a fucking grifter. He's going to say yes. Yeah. So he so he. I send him a message on Facebook and I email him through his website. And uh, I'm like, hey, Dr. Matthew Johnson, I'm a member of the Squatchin USA Facebook group. I really like your videos. I'd love to talk to you about your new book. We're doing an episode about Zorth and uh, History of Bigfoot on our podcast, Deep Cuts, etc. 
an explainer show. If you want to be a guest, we'd love to have you. Two hours later, he sends me a message back that says, um, I'm currently in Florida for a for a certification convention because I'm a medical doctor. So I need to keep my licenses up to date. Um, after I am done with this convention tomorrow, can I call you in the evening? What is your phone number? And I'm like, fuck yeah. So I give him my phone number. And the next day he calls me at around 3 p.m. My time He calls me and uh, he goes, hello, this is Dr. Matthew Johnson. And I'm like, oh, hi, you know, nice to meet you. A uh, big fan of your videos. Um, and he goes, so I just have a few questions. What is your show? How long have you been doing it? Who is it aimed at? And uh, what would you want me to be on the show for? And I mean, you saw his energy. He's got this really weird. Oh, if I, sl- if I mean, I, I, I said, I said I didn't want to do this, and I was against this. But if I had known this, any of this stuff prior, like I would be on that phone, being like, "Listen, Doctor Johnson, we don't want you. We want Bubba." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to. We want to interview Bubba. Yeah. So, you know, he he has this very strange stern stilted way of speaking and it kind of you know part of me was i don't know why i was nervous but i was nervous for a couple reasons i was nervous because who the fuck knows what this guy's gonna do because he's a crazy pants trump dude and then i was nervous because i didn't want to make him feel like i was making fun of him because i genuinely wasn't in that moment um i was like just trying to you know be like good faith let's have a conversation on the show right and um i told him you know who the who the target demographic is and what the show is about and how long we've been doing it. But I was kind of a little rattled because I was surprised that he actually followed through with calling me. So I kind of would answer one of the questions and then he would have to ask again, like, who is the show aimed at? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. So, you know, just kind of people who are into, you know, uh, cult or weird stuff like, you know, we're not like necessarily true believers, um, you know, but uh, we all, we're interested in strange or, or we- interesting, you know, weird stuff. And how long have you been doing it for? Well, we've been doing it about two years now, you know, uh, 80-something episodes, you know, pretty stalwart listener base. And who is it aimed at? Well, you know, it's aimed at, you know, people who like weird stuff, you know, cult movie fans. People are into kind of explainers. Mm. Well, I I only would want to do it if we could stick to the facts. Are you prepared to stick to the facts? And I didn't really know what that meant. I was like, uh, yeah? what do you mean by that? And he was like, well, I'd like to come on the show and I'd like to present scientific data about how the Bigfoot does still exist and why I think it's, you know, still prevalent in these areas and, you know, photographs of my sightings of it and blah, 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 blah. And the whole time I was just like, bro, I've seen your videos. Like you talk about being visited by psychic Bigfoot, Big Feet when you're taking out the trash, who talked to you about like Mike Pence. Like, what is this? You want to want to talk about the facts like what the fuck this is so weird also also he said he's he said uh that he would only come on if we if we would have a if we had a two-hour conversation and i now know that it wasn't because he wanted to be able to lay out an incredibly dense amount of information it was because that's the minimum amount of time that he needs in order to even say hello to somebody (laughs) right yeah so ultimately, you know, we went, we talked for probably about 10, 15 minutes. Um, we agreed to have him on the show and he was like, you know, are you going to, 
read, have you read my books? And I said, no, I haven't. Um, and he's like, do you read? And I was like, yes, I do. And he was like, if I send you my books, will you read them? I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, he goes, okay, just give me your address and I'll send you some books. And I was like, well, do you have PDFs? You know, I've, I've got a lot of books and I kind of don't want to have physical copies of stuff in my house. And he goes, well, you can just burn a couple of those and take mine. And I don't know why, but that comment really just like rattled me. Like I was already like, this guy's fucking weird and like obviously a little out to lunch. And like he loves pretending like he is friends with a psychic best friend Bigfoot guy on the internet. Like he's obviously either pretending to not be all there for the sake of kayfabe or he just isn't all there. And the weird thing was that Dave just in that moment on the phone, he just set the phone down and then he did light his books in his house in his house on fire. And then he just started screaming, this is for you, Zorth. This is for you. And then he just burned down his entire apartment complex. And he's he's actually just recording from inside of a, a mental asylum. At the, at That's absolutely true. Um, but basically, I just said yes to get off the phone with him as quickly as possible. And then Andrew and I talked about it. And ultimately, Andrew talked some sense into me. And then I sent Dr. Matthew Johnson a message being like, bro, we're going to go in a different direction. We're not going to have you on the show because I was just see. But the, you say it like that, like now every everybody is going to be mad at me and say like, oh, you should have done it because they don't they have no repercussions. They want to hear the fucking Matthew Johnson. So now they're going to be like, oh, I didn't mean to put it this. on. I didn't mean I didn't mean it that you ruined it. I just meant you were the voice of reason the whole time you from the get-go you're like we shouldn't do this and i was like no it'll be hilarious and then the guy threatened me in this weird passive aggressive way about burning my stuff and then i then i was like oh yeah andrew was right from the very beginning this guy's weird we shouldn't do this um yeah I, i don't i don't mean that to pin it on you as like to divulge or to kind of shift any responsibility away from me we shouldn't have reached out to him in the first place. I was the one who did that foolishly. And then one when confronted with just how bizarre this man is, I was like, mm, you know, I think this is a path left better untaken. Um, yeah, I was, I was just surprised that you thought that he like you thought it was going to be a thing to do or he was just going to reject you and you could just say that you did it because I was like, we M- Mark Sargent like agreed to be on our show in like a minute and a half. Like these people live for this. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was definitely foolish. Um, and so ultimately we, we chose not to interview Dr. Matthew Johnson. Um, mostly because I just don't, I don't know that, I don't know that I could have made it through that two hours without just being like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? You're a lying piece of shit. Like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Yeah. I mean, it would just be, it would just be so uncomfortable. It's just not, it's not a, it's not a experience that I want to live through. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well we didn't end up doing it um so it's all good on that front um dr matthew johnson has a new book out janu befriending the bigfoot forest people and um uh, as a final note for this episode all of this shit gets so much better because dr matthew johnson is currently plotting his next big comeback Dr. Matthew Johnson has been featured on 15-plus TV shows and 300-plus radio programs over the past 20 years. Although his family's initial encounter with Bigfoot up on the mountain above the Oregon Caves National Monument Park on July 1st, 2000 has been thoroughly covered, 
Absolutely no one has filmed a complete documentary of his 20 years of research. Unlike the same old TV programs that air every season and never end up finding Bigfoot, Dr. Johnson and his association have not only found the Bigfoot forest people, they know who they are, where they're from, and why they're here. Dr. Matthew and Cynthia Johnson are seeking a documentary producer who is willing to put in the time to thoroughly cover his 20 years of research, including an abundance of evidence and multiple witness testimonials. The end product will be unlike anything ever produced or ever revealed about the Bigfoot forest people. In short, this will end up being a positive career changer for you, your media company, and a mind-blowing revelation that will help change mankind's understanding of everything they've been taught to be true about the universe that we all live in. If you are interested in documenting a completely different approach to finding Bigfoot, a successful approach that will change the understanding of the world we inhabit, please click on the contact button and reach out to Dr. Matthew and Cynthia Johnson. Dare to be different and a real game changer. Thank you for your time and God bless. Errol Morris clicked on this immediately. I first knew that I would go and make a forest people documentary with Dr. Matthew Johnson upon hearing his mellifluous tones exiting my computer monitors while I was at the film festival in Munich. He asked me if I had his books. I said no. He told me that I would have to burn my books to get his. I obliged. I went into my library and I burned my entire collection of books, including all of my family photo albums. I now have no photographic memories of my family, but I have read Matthew Johnson's books. They represent the purest emotions in the world. And I do not regret burning all of those photos of my children in order to get this beautiful treasure in the form of Dr. Matthew's novels. Yeah, Uh, just to just to summarize this really quick in ending, Dr. Matthew Johnson was a rather harmless Bigfoot conspiracy theory enthusiast who saw a way to try and gain some clout on the Internet by pivoting his decades-long love affair with Bigfoot into a QAnon-associated conspiracy theory, attempted it, and failed, and is now uh, attending conventions in Florida and threatening me with burning books. Yeah, which is what everyone did. The, all these all these people, all these influencers, there's a huge community of people in the health and wellness uh, uh, community, um we 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 talked to Derek Beers from the Conspirituality podcast about this. It'll be in one of the episodes. Um, all of these influencers who sprung up around Q, um, you know, whether they started because of Q and they got famous on, uh, you know, solely from making Q content, or if they were doing something prior to it, they were a a, a, a health guru or they were a rapper or whatever, or like a, like a mommy blogger or any of these people, they all saw this opportunity to latch onto these hashtags to grow their audience and consolidate, uh, you know, uh, a larger following because of QAnon and the, you know, where we want, where we go one, where we, uh, where we go one, we go all and all of these different um, hashtags. And they all did it 
and to varying degrees, it worked a lot. It worked very well for them. Some for some people like Matthew Johnson, it didn't really work and it was kind of pointless. And for a lot of people, they got hundreds of thousands of followers, um, which is kind of sad. I mean, it, it, it's sad that these people latched onto an ideology solely to grow audiences like these people did not care about these things. They were they were latching onto these ideas of fighting against child trafficking and all these things disingenuously because they saw that there was an opportunity to grow an audience. And then the saddest part was that it was all for naught because because they engaged in this and and intermingled their identities and their online brands with QAnon, they all lost their 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 uh they all lost their brands. They all lost their pages, their audiences. It was all wiped. And, um, you know, was it worth it to go from, you know, having 3000 followers to having 100,000 followers for like five months only to have their entire page deleted because they were involved in this? Um, I, I, I doubt it in the grand scheme of things. If they really wanted to get past the anger of being deplatformed and feeling like they were censored at the end of the day when all that stuff is gone. Uh, was it worth it to like disingenuously adopt an ideology that you didn't care about or know about um, just to gain some followers for a little bit only to lose everything? I, I really doubt any of these people would say yes. I agree. I'm Dave Baker. And I'm Andrew Price. Oh, this has been Deep Cuts. You can find me on the internet at heydavebaker.com or on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at xdavebakerx. You can find my comics, Fuck Off Squad, Night Hunters, Star Trek Voyager, Seven's Reckoning, and Everyone is Tulip in comic book stores everywhere. Andrew, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me deep in the Pacific Northwest woods in the den of the Order of Twelve with my Janu queen nestled up against her, <laughs> n- nestled up against the the supple breast of my forest goddess, uh, suckling of the of the uh, psychic milk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me at dapricewrites.com where you can get my book, Deadbolt AI Private Eye. You know you're not going to get it. Just fucking admit it. We're we're sitting here. We're we're playing this game. I tell you every week. You don't go buy it. Let's just let's just get it all on the table. Uh, and you can also get some deep cuts merch by going to deepcutspod.com, clicking on the shop, or you can just go to bitly.com/slash deep cuts merch. And you can get t-shirts. You can get hats, all with cool deep cuts graphics on them. You can go to deepcutspod.com, and on the front page, you can find our uh, mystery treehouse investigation invest investigation agency patch. For sale, um, jo- join us on uh, Facebook at Deep Cuts Podcast. Join our Facebook group, um, with which has a, a a cool community of people that talk about the show and post memes and things like that. Um, or you can join our Discord, um, Bitly.com/slash/DeepCutsDiscord. Um, that's another uh, newer community that we're building with a lot of cool channels talking about movies, TV shows. Video games, the show, episode suggestions, more memes, all kinds of stuff. Is Orth be with you? Yes.
Cuts is a production by Boy Genius Media. If you'd like to find this show and others like it, please visit boygeniusmedia.com or deepcutspod.com. If you want to join in on post-episode discussions, please join the Deep Cuts Podcast Facebook group. Finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel for additional video content. The incidental music for this episode was created by D. Catalano, whose music can be found at wekeepoddhours.bandcamp.com. And the Dead Boy Detectives.